you know, look, the old expression, being in business for yourself, but not by yourself is really yeah. what franchising is all about. And the other one is my, that's my favorite. It's all about modeling success. Welcome to Pencil Leadership. I'm Chris Anderson, success and lifestyle entrepreneur, and I'm on a mission to help you realize your full potential so you can leave a positive mark on the world. So if you're ready, take out your pencils and let's begin. Debbie Fields said, once you find something you love to do, be the best at doing it. And Mark Twain said, the secret of getting ahead is getting started. This is episode 117 with CEO of Ion Franchising, Lance Grolick, and he helps entrepreneurs find their perfect franchise and build systems to grow those franchises. So if you've ever thought of or you're in the process of building a franchise, this episode is for you. And if you like anything you heard, make sure to share it on Instagram so you can help somebody else. And don't forget to tag me at chris.t.anderson. What got you into the whole franchise field, the area of franchising? My favorite question. So, you know, I grew up in an entrepreneurial family and, you know, for your listeners and viewers, one of the oldest questions out there is how do people become entrepreneurs? And I thought I was going to work for my dad. His company was the largest over-the-counter trading house on Wall Street. I grew up in New York. Dad worked on Wall Street, literally. And I thought I was going to follow him into the business. Got my economics degree. Realized when I was out of college, you know, I don't really want to do this. I'm an entrepreneur <laughs> like my grandfather's. I'm going to go spread my wings and do my thing. And joined the TGI Fridays franchise and with a relative. And we built that. I worked for him. I learned a lot from him. And that became a $225 million a year business in the late 80s. Yes, I'm old. I have a lot of gray hair. It looks dark, <laughs> gray, which is good, but 54 now. So bottom line is I knew at a young age, a very young age, I was an entrepreneur at a very young age of probably 14 when I did my first thing. And I wanted to have a real job, a W-2 job and work for dad. And I said, yeah, I can't do this anymore. I need to yeah. get out there and do it. So franchising, when I got with TGI Fridays, I realized, you know what? This is a pretty cool thing. They show you the whole system. You just have to perform within this system and hopefully outperform. And I did. And years later, I was a franchisee and partner in a growing Krispy Kreme franchise. We had the state of Nevada and Utah did Wingstop. I was president of the Franchise Advisory Council for Wingstop. So you'll see a lot of franchising in my history. And then I was like, I need to show people about this. I need to teach people about this. And as you know, Chris, you know, Google was just sort of invented. Mm. Or the internet was invented, what, 12 years ago or so. Yeah. And prior to that, in the old days of franchising, it was learning about franchises at franchise shows throughout the country, or it was getting a big fat book on franchising, either from a store or mail order. And it was a big fat book that told you all about franchise opportunities. Well, mm -hmm. with the internet, it's changed obviously dramatically and franchise consulting or franchise brokerages have flourished and popped up. And right now I probably represent more franchise brands than anybody in the US. And my 500 brands has grown to well over 600 at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. And so I guess I never really thought how many possibilities there were for franchising out there. I mean, I guess it makes sense if you think about all the different companies 
that you could franchise. So do you notice like, are there different categories within franchising operations that are easier to get into than others or? Yeah. You know, well, there's a lot of misconceptions about franchising. A lot of people think that franchising is all about, you know, you have to be a millionaire Mm -hmm. and people know about all the retail restaurant franchises like McDonald's and Burger King because they're quite prominent on every street corner in America. But the reality is you don't have to be a millionaire to own most franchises, most franchise brands. Anybody can own a franchise. And what I do is I'll, for free, like you said at the top of the, the show, I'll find you a franchise for free. I get paid by the brands. I have negotiated commissions or success fees. But to fully answer what you were getting at, I have about 23 high-level categories, if you will, of franchises. Food and beverage is a very popular category. Personal care services, whether it's uh, massage concepts Mm. or hair salons or nail salons, whatever it might be. You know, senior services, kid-related franchises, pet-related franchises, home improvement. There are franchises in every imaginable category. And what franchising does is really creates the system for people to be successful, whether you had experience in that area or not. And it works. And, you know, I can tell you a little bit later in this call to, you know, how you go about sort of validating and picking the right franchise. But there is definitely a system for me to show people the right franchises for them. Okay. And with that, is there always an investment? I'm guessing it depends on the percentage you have to put down. Is that kind of how that works? So let me lay that out. So I have quite a few franchise brands that are under $75,000, under $100,000, under $150,000. The Small Business Administration loves to fund franchises. Tons of SBA loans available through all these different banks across the country. I have a ton of franchise lending options for you. Typically, you're going to put down, I mean, it could be as little as 15%, but most of the time I tell people, be prepared for a 25% down payment. $150,000 express loan is very popular with the SBA. And, you know, so almost anybody in America, if they wanted to, can get into a franchise. And here's the reason, Chris, why franchising is so successful. There are plenty of people, what percentage of America, I don't know, that create their own companies, you know, like, like, you know, whether it's Bill Gates or I think a tech companies, you know, people that have created their own companies, they had a burning desire to give birth to a brand or a concept. The large majority of America does not have an idea in mind. They just know that they want to be their own boss for whatever reason, whatever crazy reason that is. And franchising is the absolute best way, in my opinion, to get into that business with the least amount of risk. And what I was alluding to earlier there's a whole validation process. It's like dating. It's like a coffee date. You know, I set you up on a coffee date or a blind date with a brand. And if you like them, you go to the second date. Eventually you meet the corporate team or what I call meet the parents. And eventually you actually talk to existing franchisees and feel out whether you fit into this culture, into this Mm -hmm. environment, and whether or not you want to be part of that particular brand. And, you know, If you choose to, you've done your due diligence, you've done your homework, you've figured out what kind of money you can make, you've developed a business plan that you'll get help with along the way. And it's a pretty clear profit path. I mean, there are brands that I have that are $68,000 home-based brands that people can net four or $500,000 a year. Wow. Or more. I mean, that's a brand that people can net a million dollars a year. 
I don't want to scare people away because they'll be like, oh, this guy's crazy. <laughs> this is true. It's yeah. absolutely true. So when you become a franchisee, right, what does that look? I mean, you have to be there still, right, in the physical place? Or do you allow your managers to do, like, how does that work? Because I know people sometimes franchise multiple locations. Yeah, well, that's a great question. In some franchise brands, i give you an example, Fast Signs. A lot of people know that. Okay. There's a lot of Fast Signs all over America. It's one of our hot brands. They are, uh, it's a retail sign graphics marketing mm-hmm. company, and they want you to be hands-on full-time owner operator. They don't check your schedule. They just want to know that you, the prospective franchisee that's talking to them is going to commit to being there because they've had much more people that are hand owners versus people that hire just any manager to run their baby, so to speak. So mm-hmm. that's an example of what a brand that wants you to be an owner operator. There are plenty of other brands. I have a hair salon chain called Sharkies that's successful. I've done business with. And Sharkies is thrilled to have investor types that just want to be absentee or semi-absentee owner. They don't certainly don't have to know how to cut hair, but really don't have to be there because Sharkies has a great system. Remember, technology is plentiful these days where they can teach people how to do everything that needs to be done and follow a system. Interesting. So outside of the initial, like small, the loan for the actual franchise itself, as far as investment goes, is that kind of the only investment besides time? Is that like kind of the big investment is for the franchise itself and then the time you have to put into helping it grow yeah. and succeed? Well, there's, there's always time. I mean, yeah. I'm a control freak myself. So in any <laughs> franchise I was involved with, I have to be there, you know, seven days a week in the beginning until I feel it's comfortable. And then I kind of let it go a little bit. But, you know, as far as fees, there's always a franchise fee that if okay. any franchise, which is a one-time fee that you're paying up front that kind of gives you the keys to the kingdom for training and everything. You know, some brands invest millions of dollars in technology, so they get to recoup a little bit of that on the franchise fee. And then the royalty is really how the brands make money. The franchise okay. fee isn't necessarily a profit center. It's kind of the cost of doing business for them to set you mm-hmm. up. The royalty is the ongoing fee that could be 4%, 5%, 6%. It just depends on the brand that is collected basically on your sales, on your net sales. And that's how they make money. But they're also supporting you for life and they need to do well. There are two legal aspects to setting up franchises. It's the franchise disclosure document, the franchise agreement. Then, of course, the third being the operations manual that you get But in the franchise disclosure document, there's all kinds of good information disclosed so people can be very well aware of what they're getting into. But, you know, it might show an earnings claim and what franchisees, what the sales are, average franchise brands. But you also have that ability to validate that with existing franchisees. Good franchisors will just hand you a list of their franchisees and you'll call them and So yeah, I'm thinking about owning this franchise like you did. Tell me how you started. Tell me, would you do it again? What kind of money do you make? What's the ramp up period? And that's what we call validation. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's possible to become a franchisee for multiple different brands and kind of create these different passive streams. It's a viable option. I have multiple friends that many years later own multiple restaurant franchise brands in different states. Everybody starts differently. At the end of the day, the brand just wants to know that you're going to run their brand properly. So, you know, it's like anything. It all starts with one thing. You know, you can't buy your mansion, you know, when you're fresh out of college. (laughs) Generally, it starts with a condo or renting a place or whatever it might be. You start small and you plan for your dream business versus your starter business, if you will. 
So there's a lot of different strategies as to how to do that. But look, on my website, ionfranchising.com, I do have a free assessment for anybody interested in franchise opportunities. Mm. You take that assessment and it helps me understand your mindset, skill set, experiences, your comfort zone. And that, in addition to all kinds of basic questions I ask, you know, what is your investment level? Mm. You know, what do you like? What do you not like? Do you have an industry interest? You know, some people tell me, believe it or not, Chris, I don't want to do a restaurant or I do want to do a restaurant. So I also ask people, are you interested in me selecting what I think could be best for you? And a lot of people say, well, yes, you're the expert. Tell me what I should be doing. And sometimes I surprise the heck out of them with things that they love and want to go do. Cool. No, that's really interesting. I think as entrepreneurs, like we want that freedom and we want to be able to, you know, have our own schedule, but and time and financial and think the multiple streams of income doing different things is the way to do it. So, I mean, you got obviously like real estate investments, things like that. And franchising is an investment. I think you're investing into this brand and then you're kind of helping it grow and be successful. And then you'll reap kind of the passive results. You hit something very important right there. You know, what a lot of people don't understand is just like buying a house or investing in real estate, there's not only the cash flow, but there's the equity you're building while you own it. And it's the same thing in the franchise world. There are very low cost franchises, well under $100,000 that have been sold years later for a million, million and a half dollars. Wow. So, so you, you can about, sell the part of the brand, that franchise you own, you can sell that specific store or brick and mortar? 100%. Oh, okay. You know, and that is one of the most powerful things about franchise brands is the ease of exit. There is a secondary market out there. There's brokers all over the universe that will resell franchises. Huh. And you're typically, as a franchise owner, as a franchisee, you're typically worth three to five times cash flow. The brands I've sold over the years, you know, four, four and a half times cash flow. The better the brand, typically, the more you're going to sell it for. Right. But, you know, I have plenty of absentee options or semi absentee options. I have a medical brand. I'm not going to say the name of it. It's available <laughs> in many states. You can do it in an. I have a buddy of mine that just bought multiple territories. He lives in one state and three states over is where he bought this franchise. It's a one day a week business, one day a week medical business What? with incredible numbers. So you have lots of listeners that probably won't mind being active owners, but if you're looking for something that is something you really don't have a lot of work in, Mm -hmm. Or I have several brands the company can manage. The franchisor are experts, obviously. In most cases, they're running corporate stores as well. They can run your stores for you if you're a busy individual that simply is looking for that investment. And again, look, the S&P 500 stock market, et cetera, you know, historically 10% year over year returns. But here you have potentially write-offs. You have equity you're building. You have cash flow each year, your dividends, so to speak. So depending on your circumstances, there are definitely multiple franchises that I have for you. Interesting. This is all fascinating. I just don't hear about franchising as often as you hear about real estate or, you know, just starting your own business, things like that. Well, guess what? You're right, Chris. I mean, look, I'm a Wall Street guy. One of my grandfathers was a big real estate attorney in Brooklyn and owned plenty of buildings. Uh But, you know... It's always Wall Street and real estate first, typically. And then the third piece of this pie is typically business, your business. Mm -hmm. Are you going to be a real estate investor? I mean, owning real estate is one thing and potentially being an investor, but 
owning a business is typically the third component or starting a business. And there's quite a few people that I know that do all three. So franchising fits perfectly within that, you know, the business. Portfolio and yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. That's really neat. So are there anything like people need to have specifically to be a good franchiser, franchisee? I'm sure people, some people just don't work out as being in a franchise, but is there other, yeah, go into that for me. Yeah. You know, it's like a lot of things. I really believe strongly that anybody that wants to be their own boss can be their own boss, but there are very bright people. I'll tell you a story. I had a CPA, an accountant that got to me recently that was looking at franchise opportunities. And quite honestly, he was an ass (laughs) and he would not fit into the culture of any franchise. Mm. He had an attitude about him. Franchising is a two-way street, just like any relationship. They have to like you and you have to like them. And he had the attitude of, well, I have the money and I own shopping centers and I just need some great franchise brands to fill my shopping centers and I'd like to own them. Fantastic. But, you know, he was late to meetings. He Mm. interrupted. He didn't seem to care. He had too much arrogance or attitude about him. And he was actually kicked out of the system for one brand that he was really excited about. And the VP of franchise development called me and said, yeah, we got to kick him to the curb here. This isn't going to work out. He doesn't fit our culture. It's not about how much money you have. You know, in franchising, you have to fit in the culture and this sort of family feel, if you will. And every franchise brand is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And we can find a culture for you that, you know, where you'll fit. And if you're not that, you know, a great person and maybe you're spouse is the better person to be the front person on the franchise. (laughs) But at the end of the day, not anybody can get into a franchise. It's not just all about money. That's good to know. Yeah. I think sometimes maybe that hinders people from real estate and even from franchising. Like I don't have hundreds of thousands of dollars to invest into this business. And so it stops people from even trying. And it sounds like that's not the case. No. And you know, look, I have so many low cost franchises and so many lending options. Mm-hmm. I'm working with a, a gentleman that's a diesel mechanic right now and he has, makes a great living, but he's tired of working for somebody else. He would like to see what else is out there, you know, what he could do. And, yeah. you know, we're in the early stages. It might take six months. It might take, you know, two years. But what I do is kind of give people the education on what is out there for them. And again, I'm just a free resource. Any yeah. great entrepreneur out there will tell you if you want to learn, sure, you can do Google searches, but at some point align yourself with a mentor, you know, resource up as one of my friends always yeah. said, figure it out. People are joining masterminds left and right these days. Yeah. I can help you with anything with franchising or business launches. What I do. That's pretty good. So you mentioned right there about the kind of the process. So it can be a lengthy process to to find a franchise and become a franchise owner. My record to date is about five weeks. Oh, wow. So maybe not that long. <laughs> From the first phone call to when this lady, Beverly, who was awesome, became a franchisee of a brand. But it, you know, it could be 90 days, mm-hmm. could be 120 days. There is a process to it. There's a lot to it. You can get married a lot quicker. Yeah, for sure. If you're coming to be a franchise owner, are the majority of them new being built? Like they're looking for someone to to take over a new brick and mortar being built or filling a spot? Do you see more percentage on one or the other? Well, if you're talking about resales, I mean, you do quite a bit of resales, which are existing franchise brands that owners are either retiring or selling for one reason or another. People move and sell their business. Most of what we do is the new and it's not necessarily brick and mortar. We have a lot of home-based businesses okay. that are franchises. 
You know, a franchise is certainly a system with set procedures and a history of success and an obvious profit path, which is why people are lined up to buy certain franchises because they want a piece of that action and they can obviously see a clear return on investment. But because of technology, when that really came about 12 years ago, whatever we've sort of agreed the timeline was on that, you know, I have a company called Five Star Bath Solutions. And when I was talking to their CEO, they do bathroom remodels and they do an incredible job. They're doing fantastic. And it's really a home-based business. And I said to him, I said, so what kind of company do you believe to be? I mean, you're in the home improvement market because we're a technology company. We're a technology company. We'll get you know referrals. We'll get clients for our franchisees. And that's what it's all about is franchisors helping franchisees with the system. I have a brand called College Hunks Hauling Junk and Moving. Huh, the moving Junk that. Hauling Company. Yeah. A lot of people know them. Cool brand, a lot of fun commercials and things they do out there. I think last I heard about 80% of their clientele is brought to their franchisees. An average franchisee gets 80% of their business from a combination of the call center or the website. I mean, when people are moving, they typically want to pick up the phone. Chris, I need a truck tomorrow. Can you get it here? (laughs) You know, look, the old expression, being in business for yourself, but not by yourself is really what franchising is all about. And the other one is my, that's my favorite. It's all about modeling success. Why create your own brand and worry about it being successful and not understanding every facet of it when you can jump into a franchise and it's all laid out for you. That's what I was going to ask because I think of my business and all that I have to do, all the hats I have to wear in it, just being in the early stages still. So when you hop into a franchise position, like does the corporate kind of do the marketing for your branch, for your store as well? Do you have to do the marketing? I mean, probably locally you do some marketing, but like- yes. Generically, do they cover like the SEO on the websites and things like that? The marketing at the high level, everything's covered by the franchisor. They have a plan for everything. So, depending on what franchise brand you join, whether there are three locations or 3,000 locations, mm-hmm. it could be quite different. And some people like joining the brand that has 3,000 locations. Some people rather work with the founder in the smaller locations. So in most cases, there's a little more flexibility at the smaller brands with how things get done, but it just varies. But everything is laid out in the operations manual, marketing guidelines and what have you. So it it just depends on the brand. I gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, I just was curious, like as a franchise owner, if you have to wear the marketing hat and all the customer service hat as well. They will absolutely help you with all of it. It just depends on how much they're pulling the trigger and Mm -hmm. you're just paying for that marketing, you know, local SEO, they're going to handle for you because they obviously want you to be found. So the good news is they really hold all the tools that you'd ever need. But, you know, look, one of my favorite stories ever on the franchisor franchisee relationship is McDonald's. The filet of fish the Big Mac, they were invented by franchisees. So at some point, the parts, so to speak, is this whole big brain known as this franchise community you have not just the franchise franchisees, but the corporate stores, you come together and come up with new items. 
And it worked well with McDonald's, right, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. It's just a cool structure and capabilities. It really is. And again, there's a lot of misconceptions. And in most cases, people just don't understand. It seems untouchable to a lot of people. Yeah, because I mean, the McDonald's one, I mean, you hear like, oh, you have to have a million dollars to do a McDonald's store and all that. I'm like, and McDonald's isn't even the best return on investment today. (laughs) If you bought the real estate 30 years ago, it's fantastic. But yeah, you know, it's capital intense and there's plenty of other brands out there. You can get a higher ROI than than McDonald's. Hmm. That's awesome. So much to learn. So I guess the next steps, I mean, for people to take, if they're considering being a franchise owner would be one, come do your free resource to see where you fit best at. Yep. And then what's next? I mean, you obviously have a system consulting to walk them through the process, but Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you would like to do the free online assessment at my website, ionfranchising.com. So that's ionfranchising.com. I'll call you upon receiving that or someone from my team will. You'll eventually get to me and we'll have a call to discuss your goals and objectives, not just yours, but your spouse as well. So Hmm. that's the fun part. I love to get the family involved as needed. And if you are a business owner now, and you've ever thought about growing and scaling your business and weren't sure how, franchising in an amazing way as you are, you become the franchisor and you can grow and scale through franchising. Our team does that as well. Unbelievable the amount of wealth to be built. Oh, when I'm you sure. can sell a franchise brand as a franchisor for up to 10 times or more cash flow, which is pretty wow. incredible. So either way, I'm happy to help you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. This has been really good eye-opening for me, just considering like thinking big picture, like down the road, like what is the lifestyle we want to have? How do we do that? What pieces need to be a part of it? I think franchising is one of the viable options and ways to do that too. It absolutely is. It shocks people all the time. They have no idea when I speak to them, they're like, well, I thought, and I was like, well, it's understandable why you thought that. That seems to be what's out there. But the reality is, I mean, I have people to buy home care franchises and then come back a few years later and buy something else. And it's too easy for the right individual that is looking to trust the process and follow a system. And, you know, look, there are a lot of people that worked hard in the corporate world. Half my business are what I call corporate refugees. And the other half are people that, you know, call it the diesel mechanic or people that have a skill that are tired of doing that and are looking in the mirror saying, I have abilities that are far beyond what I'm currently doing. Yeah, I think it's so cool, just a vast ability for multiple types of people to become franchise owners. And with the investment, so you put in the investment, some people might be like, well, how how fast will I be able to pay for that investment? Because obviously you have a monthly you know, debt you have to pay through that investment. Mm-hmm. So is there a quick turnaround that people usually start seeing or is no. there a gap, a lag type? Such a great question, Chris. I didn't cover that. I'm glad you brought it up. You know, I have a franchise that's a real estate related franchise, very low cost and home based, and they're doing incredibly well. In fact, a friend of mine just bought one of those franchises. They tout in their materials that the average franchisee gets their investment back in 120 days. Wow. Exactly. So the whole loan, is that what you're meaning by that? Well, in that case, that's a very low cost franchise. We're talking a $42,000 home based franchise. Okay. But there are others that I can tell you eight months, I can tell you a year, a year and a half. In most cases, there is a pretty clear average ROI that I can help them determine based on what we know. And whether some of that information is in the franchise disclosure document, 
or it's discovered within the validation stage with existing franchisees. I have a gentleman buying a massage franchise and he's in the very final stages. He's already decided on the brand. He's working his business plan. And that further answers is going to answer your question. He's in for financing now. And based on his pro forma that we helped create, the finance folks are like, okay, that's good or not. Maybe it's too rosy, you know, maybe it's too conservative, whatever it might be. But, you know, those are things that we help people through in the process to make sure they're not crazy and to make sure things line up. But at the end of the day, the finance groups just want to make sure you're covering your P&L and your pro forma backs up your plan. So if you have no money and you're giving your absolute last dollar to get into a franchise, it's not going to work because there's something that's called post-closing liquidity. Okay. You know, it's like buying a house. If you're closing on a house and you've taken absolutely everything, well, how are you going to make your first mortgage payment? Right. You know, I mean, we hope you still have a job. Well, in franchising, sometimes people are giving up a job to jump into a franchise. So you just need to have some cash to live on and working capital in order to pay yourself and pay your household bills mm-hmm. until your cash flow. Okay. Which that, I mean, that cash flow could start when you, it varies probably months. Yeah, okay. It varies. But again, I won't, based on the first phone call with somebody, I can kind of size up pretty quickly which brands to gear people to. We need to get them results quickly if that's what they need. It just yeah. depends, it depends on the brand. Yeah. If you start with a low investment franchise and you're having a, a low, like quote unquote mortgage, a low payment per month for that investment, you get cash flow starting there. You get that one kind of working and you're, you're having a positive cash flow. Then you can have that next one. You're already kind of primed mm-hmm. for that next franchise if you wanted to kind of hop invest into another one because you now you have the cash flow coming in and it can kind of build on itself. That's a perfect example. And a friend of mine owns 20 Great Clips hair salons and he started with one and that's how he did it. Gotcha. Like that's described. really cool. That's awesome. I love it. I love these kind of things. Just give my mind all the gears turn in my head, like the possibilities for people out there. We need a part two. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, <laughs> we could definitely do that for sure. So this was fantastic. And I'm curious, and you might not be able to say, I understand. What would you say is the hardest franchise to become a part of? Well, you know, it might not be the answer you expect, but the hardest uh-huh. franchise, restaurants are still incredibly popular. And my expertise is certainly in the restaurant business restaurants are still the hardest. Really? And the reason they're the hardest is more ways to lose money in a restaurant than make money. (laughs) You know, whether it's cash that people can take or food can spoil or, Mm. you know, the customer service, there's a bad shift. You're not there. There's a bad shift and your staff is giving bad customer service or you're short somebody and bad reviews go online and it hurts your business. It could be an amazing business and I love it. But there are people that aren't cut out for it. And every one of your listeners or viewers certainly knows this. They've been in a restaurant before and they wonder, who the heck hired these people? (laughs) Why is everything taking so long? Why is that? You know, so there's just people that aren't cut out for the restaurant business, but so many people want to be in it. Hmm. Interesting. Is there a sector of restaurant that does better than others? Like seafood or, you know, whatever. Well, chicken is the hottest segment of the restaurant business today. Chicken is flying off the charts, (laughs) Um, pun intended. No, but uh, the fast casual segment, if you want food, chicken, yes, chicken Mm -hmm. is the hottest. Okay. But the fast casual segment, which are these smaller restaurants where typically it's like counter service and food's delivered to you or 
at least you order at the counter, whether it's five guys or okay. Panera bread, things like that. I have an amazing brand called Rachel's kitchen. That's a local okay. Vegas concept, just like that. But fast casual is incredibly hot. It's been hot for years and will continue to be hot because people want to just get great food, take it to go, get it delivered, whatever it might be. The big casual dining restaurants really suffered, obviously, through the pandemic due to certain restrictions and having yeah. a big building to pay rent on. But at the end of the day, you know, the big restaurants will still do well if they are a great concept because people still want that dining experience, even if it's casual and fast food will just never go anywhere. People want convenience. Yeah. And even some people, some of my friends and family are lazy and they don't even want to do online orders. They just see a drive through and boom, they turn, go through Popeye's or go through whatever drive-through because that's instant gratification. You don't have to do yeah. anything. Wait yeah. in a drive-through, play on your phone at the same time and read a book, whatever you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that. I wouldn't have guessed restaurants, but again, I don't know a whole lot about it. So, well, Lance, again, thank you so much for being on today and sharing all this about franchising and how to get into it. And yeah, again, got my gears running, turning. I'm thinking now what I need to do going forward. But before we do kind of wrap up, and I know you mentioned your website and everything already, but the question I kind of ask my guests has to do with the fifth trait of pencil leadership. And that is we were all created uniquely with a purpose to leave a positive mark on the world in our own unique way. So when everything is said and done for you here on earth, what do you hope your positive mark is? Well, for me, it's kind of easy and you'll guess, you won't be surprised. It's My <laughs> legacy is all about leadership and all about launching businesses and teaching people. You know, I am the franchise launch boss, but what goes hand in hand with that, I represent quite a few independent brands as well. But, you know, it's not just the franchises. I have dealers and distributor models and all different things, but it's all about teaching people how to launch a business because anybody can do it. You just got to yeah. find the right one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a great a mark you're leaving. You're helping a lot of people, which ripple effects out. And so thank you for that. Where can people find you? I know you said ionfranchising.com. So awesome. LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Ion Franchising, or Lance Gralick, either way. Happy to talk to anyone that's interested. Cool. Well, awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for being on Pencil Leadership today. Chris, you're awesome. Talk to you soon. And thanks so much for tuning into this episode today. If you found value at all from this episode, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It just helps us get this show, these messages out in front of more people. And don't forget to share this with someone who you think could benefit from listening to as well. Now let's go out and be pencil leaders.